Welcome back folks to 2Bits 1 Puck. I'm your host, Mr Intangibles and a Champions League winning manager, Dan Masters, with my good friend, the East Kent Elliot Friedman, and a man who has hopefully now started playing Return of the Obra Dinn. Well, every human, well, how you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm significantly worse now that you're claiming, or, or trying to sweep under the rug, the sort of illegitimacy of your Champions League win. How is it illegitimate? I'm, I'm not illegitimate, but fuck no, if there's ever going to be an asterisk... This is this is a Champions League win, people on Champ Manager, where uh, he he drew one all and one on penalties, which is yeah, that's, yeah. Not a, that's not a fucking win to start with, and uh, by the man's own claiming, the other team were missing two of their best players. So, mate, come on. Well, what am I supposed to do? You can only play the team that's playing in front of you, Will. Well, yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and you should fucking beat that team, not draw fucking one all and win on penalties like some. I did. I did beat that team. I scored more goals than they did. I put the ball in the back of their net more times than they put the ball in the back of my net. Fucking, that counts as a win, I believe. Fucking ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> the, the older I get, did the more you... I hate penalties. I don't care for the drama of it anymore. It's fucking dumb. So now I'm the other way. The older I get, the more I think it's a good idea. And it makes sense. Do you, do you find that that... That that opinion skyrocketed after you won the Champions League on Championship Manager. <laughs> yeah, it seemed to it seemed to increase more on Monday. I must admit, <laughs> Sunday night. You're no, like, no, I do think, I do think it's the right thing. But but what? But to to decide like the fucking World Cup final and shit like that. Yeah, because look, okay, look. Here's the thing: after an hour and a, after an hour and a half, and then another half an hour, at some point you just got to fucking finish the game, aren't you? You're just getting stupid at that point. It's a game within the game. Then it comes down to like nerves of steel, bottle, and you've, those are all things you've got to have. And nah, if you can do that thing you. and you can score that penalty from 12 yards away and win, then you deserve to win. It's, it's, it's luck though, isn't it? It's, just, does, does it's not luck it? though, is it? It's not luck. It's fun. Like, obviously, you can be good or bad at penalties, but still, like, yeah. it, it comes down to is the goalie going to guess the right way? I'm trying to think of an England player who's like embarrassed himself with a penalty. Gareth Southgate. Um... <laughs> Yeah. Psycho Stuart Pearce. That's a bad penalty. That's not unlucky. That's a bad penalty. Meanwhile, if you smash it into like the side netting in between the post and the back of the net, that's a great penalty. No keeping the world saving that. That's not luck. That's skill. And bottle. <sighs> yeah, there's an element. There is an element of it. But I think the majority of it is down to... Uh, it's, it's not luck, luck, but like... It's a game of right, chance. It's like a, it's, like a, it's like a hole in one in golf. There is, there is luck involved, but... You still have to have the ability to get that ball close enough to that hole. There's a percentage of it that is luck. There's a percentage of anything that's luck in all sports, isn't there? Yes, very true. You're you're, you're lucky that you're not being struck by lightning halfway through the game or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) There's all all luck involved in all all, all manners of sport, isn't there? Not just penalties in 40. It's true. It's true. But I I think it's... I I used to think that penalties in football were... A million miles away from like the shootout or whatever, but yeah, I, I think more and more that they are basically the same thing. I do. I, hmm. What, what would sh- I think that? What would I think if they change the rules in the Stanley Cup? You know, you get to the playoffs and then there's just no. You play the one period of overtime and then that's it. You go straight to a shootout. Would I hate that? What in the playoffs? Oh, mate, don't even. And then that's the thing. Like with with the Stanley Cup, like obviously you know hockey. Uh, hockey fandom and sort of hockey lore isn't isn't dictating to football what it should do, but 
a lot of the appeal to a lot of people about the playoffs is a continuous overtime. You know, getting to a double OT, like, oh, what's going to happen? Who's going to who's going to have the endurance? Who's going to be able, who's going to blink first, sort of thing, or whatever. Yeah, it's it's not like you get to a triple OT situation and the players are just fucking like the the game breaks down because of it. You know, you're not you're not necessarily having a. It's probably not the best hockey being played, but there is still an excitement and entertainment factor to it. That is true. I think I think what I've done there is I've proved and disproved my point all in the same sentence. So it's a, it's a challenge. It's a skill and luck that I think. See, the issue was because I don't know if people know this or not, but they used to have golden goal oh, in footy, what? so it would go to extra time, and it was first goal wins. But after half an hour, if there was no goals, it would still go to penalties. That would have changed a lot if it would have just been. That's it. Next team to score wins. If we have to play for two hours, it's two more hours. But there has to be a goal. And I wonder if... Because that was the thing, wasn't it? That teams then would still end up trying to play for penalties because they were just too scared to make a mistake. Yeah, exactly. In that half an hour. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, at the end of a regular season game, like, oh, five minutes left, it's, it's, a, it's a tie. Oh, let's just play for OT so we both get a point sort of thing. Yeah, we'll t- I'll take the loser point. Yeah, rather that than nothing. I'll tell you. I'll tell you my proposition, my proposal to fix all this for footy. So you get your you get your half an hour extra time, yeah. Yeah. Then after you, it's it's going to be golden goal. It's, we're going straight to golden goal, but to to avoid, okay. yeah, having fucking seven hour footy games. Get your half yeah. your first half hour full pitch. Then after that, second half an hour half pitch, and then in <laughs> sort of fifteen minute increments or half an hour increments, you take players off the pitch. So you get down to like seven aside, five aside, shrinking the pitch, shrinking the number of players on. That's how you fucking do it. <laughs> and then with five minutes left, you all have to drive to the local youth centre and play indoors. <laughs> yeah. So, with, so the ball can bounce off the wall and stuff like that. With one People of those... playing futsal with, instead. <laughs> with those like uh, football-sized tennis ball things. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what they should do in hockey then. It's three on three, but with a half rink. Forget, forget three on three the four. It's just half rink. I don't, just I think got they, players giant sh- shots like every 10 seconds. But hockey has proven that they can carry on five on five and it'd be interesting until fucking yeah, four fair the point. So that's, fair that's point. fine. We're trying to, trying to break down the the barriers of football. What if you could do, what if you could rotate players on and off then, like in hockey for footy? Because then you nah. could play forever, couldn't you? Because nah. obviously the thing in footy is you, have, you only have so many substitutions. So you can, at, at any point of any game, the most players you could have at any point, it's 14 because you have your 11 players and then three subs. But if they just said, do you know what? All right, Messi, just come off for 15 minutes and then what, you can come back on in a minute. That might work. No, I reckon I reckon that's part of the sort of uh, strategy, isn't it? So it's like, right, whistle blows. You've got to take a geezer off. Both sides are like, right, shit, who are we going to take off? You can't come back. Yeah, true. There you go. There you go. So then do you, do you want to end up, yeah, when you're down to one-on-one... <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you want your keeper out there or do you want Messi out there who who do you want that's a good point and if the yeah because if the pitch is smaller you'd, I'd go with the keeper Depend, depends who your keeper is though isn't it because you've you still no, got I'd a score goal keeper. if you're down to a quarter pitch and it's one on one I would take any keeper because the comparison between Lionel Messi and goalkeeper is not the same between goalkeeper and outfield player the goalkeeper is a better outfield player than Lionel Messi is a goalkeeper. Yeah, that's, that's fair or Ronaldo shout, is a goalkeeper. You want to bring back um, 
what's his name that that South American goalie used to take all the free Ren- kicks Rene Hagita yeah yeah you want to you want to bring him back <laughs> don't make him like that anymore do I? Right then, here you go then. Let's let's move this to hockey then. Let's move this to hockey. You go one on one, right? And it's one on one, half rink. Are you taking are you putting on your goalie for your one on one or are you putting on your skater for your one on one? I think it's gotta be it's gotta be the same logic, doesn't it? Because if you so. if you've got a skater out there, either you can have a skater out there and he's gotta sit in the crease as a goalie would to protect the net, or you've got a skater out there and he attacks the park, at which point fucking <laughs> Conor McDavid's you know coming off the new new version of the blue line and whoever it is just knocks it in the empty net from fucking 60 feet away so you've you've got to go goalie really but, right you? okay yeah but if you leave your goalie on he's got to wear all his goalie stuff oh yeah if, if, if yeah, you're picking a goalie have... the goalie can't go out there and skate a gear he's got to go on in his goalie gear that's why that's why you change the nets as well so those little uh, those little <laughs> pond hockey nets and those little like shoebox nets yeah, for like when you do the skills competition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what you do. I think that's a really interesting question. If that's really that's really interesting. You go half rink and it's one on one. Do you put do you put a goalie on the ice or do you put your best skater on the ice? I think the NHL teams have put their goalies on because I think they would. But they, then you think the actual elite of the elite could just dangle the fuck out of the goalie and score. If there's no one else on the ice, the reason they can't do that normally is because there's tons of players on the ice. Yeah, but so you can't just have, you know do whatever you want, can you? But Conor McDavid isn't hundred percent in the shootout, is he? True. So that's true. Same same difference, really, isn't it? Except you can have but Mike, you, but Mike Smith. Think if the goalie, if the goalie's coming out of his goal to try and score, then the skater would easily be able to get the puck off him. But then I reckon, I reckon if if you've got one team who knocks a goalie out there and another team sends out a skater, all it takes is for the goalie to stop the skater on effectively a shootout attempt. Then just knock it and half a length of the shot. ice and, and that's it. Yeah, it's over. Okay, all right. Now hang on though. Hang on though. Because you know about like the sporting, you know about the sporting yips, don't you? You know when you meant yeah. to do that easy thing and you just for some reason can't do it. Like darts players, we're watching darts sometimes, and my wife will go, "How's he only hit twenty six? He's a fucking professional darts player. I can get more than twenty six. Like, yeah, but he's on the stage. It's the crowd. It's the TV. It's you know, it's like the World Championships or whatever." Stanley Cup final, do you really are you really backing a goalie to, to flick it in from sixty feet every time? I don't think I am. <laughs> Stanley Cup final kicking, and you're rocking a one on one to decide yeah. it. <laughs> think of how much okay, so like think of how much pressure goalies normally get. Now they've got a score as well. Like I think they I think they'd like combust. Only only in very extreme circumstances though. Well, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not suggesting the one-on-one idea for the regular season. That can fuck <laughs> off. This is a special treat for the playoffs. The one-on-one Spe- system. Special treat for being good. Yeah, you it, get to play one-on-one if you're good enough to get to the playoffs. It, it only happens in like deciding games of the cup final. Oh, yeah, it has to get to a game seven, <laughs> or, or like a, an elimination game or whatever. If it goes like elimination, OT, actually, yeah, an elimination yeah. game. Yeah, that'd be better. And then, then, and then you can do it. <laughs> here we are. Here you go. Right, hang on. How long have we been going on this? Christ. Fucking only only ten minutes. I thought it'd be about forty minutes. I did have a question to start the show, but we'll start the show and ask him a question on the other side. Oh, so right. should we uh, should we start the show? I, I suppose we should, yeah.
So, as the uh, the season starts in uh, just over a week's time, and the uh, the NBA players have already been in their bubble, and it was reported the other day that the NBA has a, a tip line for if people, or sorry, if players or staff members are caught sort of breaking the bubble protocol. And on the, I think it was the second or third day it was active, there were so many tips, the line was jammed completely and people couldn't get through. So no, it fucking wasn't. I was wondering, just to relate this to the NHL, we all know that the NHL is a massive boys club and it's very insular and it's infamous for sort of protecting itself, even sort of opposition players. Do you think, let me think of a player, why do I always think of Matt Dumber? I don't know. I always think of Matt Dumber when I say, let's think of a player. Right. So Matt Dumber knows that Elias Pettersson's been out and about, out of the bubble. Is he dobbing him in? Or is he just having a quiet word with him or something? I don't know, but he's not going to have a quiet word with him. Like, what's, what's Matt Dumber doing have a fucking quiet word with Elias Pettersson? No, just like sending him a little, you know, a little Instagram DM or something like that. You know, like I know what you've been doing. Oh, what's the black do it again. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That kind of he's thing. He's going to extort him. He's going to be like, I know, I know what you did last night, bruv. I saw, I saw you out of the <laughs> yeah, fucking... Yeah, maybe. saw you out of the fucking... What's, what's uh, at the meatball place? There you go. There's a, yeah. that's a bit of xenophobia for you there. I mean, or, it, in these uncertain times, would the hockey community still be the hockey community and keep it all in Shiller? I, re- I reckon... I don't know, because you wouldn't... I don't think you'd get people... This this is the the community of athletes... I don't like saying that because it makes them sound like good people when they're not. These, this is a, a, a sport where people are hiding shit like punctured lungs and fucking broken shins and shit like that just so they can play a game. I think I Racism, wouldn't be surprised. Sexism, sexual abuse, that kind oh, of thing. Yeah, 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 let alone all of the actual really bad stuff. I, I reckon we're going to get cases of like, say it happens on the same team. Yeah. So Matt Dumber catches okay. fucking Jared Spurgeon out and about. He's got. Yeah. He's gone off for a, fro- a froyo on a on a on a Tuesday eve. He's gonna fucking keep that to himself. And then even if Jared Spurgeon, get, if someone catches him fucking coughing, if he catches him with a fucking thirty eight degree temperature, he'll be like, nah, fuck that. Don't worry about it. Don't tell anyone. Like, no, on the same team they would. I'm talking yeah. about on another team. Would that? Yeah. So that's that's the question, though, isn't it? I don't know if they'd dob the other one in because this is unprecedented in that kind of respect, isn't it? Yeah, but what, so what got me thinking about this was, was how many people must have known, how many people know what Bill Peters was like? Like everybody, and it was just, you know, it was like the Mike Babcock thing. Oh, apparently everyone knew this was happening and no one really gave a shit and no one said anything until someone made a thing of it and then everyone went, well, we can't have this. I've heard these stories before and it's a disgrace. The hockey community, regardless of teams, does protect itself. And I was wondering in these circumstances, with it being different and with it almost giving you an edge if Matt Dumber does see Elias Pettersson out and about down in Edmonton or whenever the hell they are is he you know is he then going to ring up Gazm hey do you know what I've just seen I'll send you the I'll send you the pictures better chuck him in the old uh, in the old Quarantino that that's the difference though isn't it because for for the Bill Peters thing and for the Mike Babcock thing like it's all oh well it's not happening to me so it doesn't matter like you can't you can't catch being racially abused and you know, for the majority of NHL players, you know what I mean? Whereas if you catch yeah, somebody true. out and about in the middle of the pandemic, it's like, oh, well, shit, that, that could affect me. Maybe I should do something. Like, that's the naturally selfish response is is more 
geared to you actually doing something about it rather than just ignoring it because that's the most convenient. I, I don't know is the, is the short answer, Dan, because it, because it's unprecedented, and I can't, I can, I can no longer speak to the character of any of these good old hockey boys, and, and I don't know where this would fit in the sort of spectrum of things they deem acceptable. I suppose what would you do. What would I do? What if I was? I'd, I'd fucking. Yeah. I'd dob people in. Left, right, and centre. Yeah, so would I. Not even for good reasons. I want an edge. (laughs) I want your best players not playing. (laughs) Sorry. I've seen him out and about. Get him in that King Quarantine tent. He was was suspiciously early for breakfast this morning. I mean, I I didn't see him out, but who's to say what he's been doing? Wearing the same clothes as yesterday. Interesting. (laughs) I haven't seen him for half an hour. Who says what what he's been up to? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But that that begats a good... Begets what well, fucking whatever. I should stop trying to use words that I don't know. It raises a good question, Dan, which I don't think we've actually asked each other, which I feel is a bit of an oversight. Dan Masters, as you are today, yeah, you know, wife and a and, yeah. a, and a two-year-old child, however old she is. Um, Eight. <laughs> I was, I was going to say six, and I thought let's just go deliberately wrong. Okay. Would you Would you have gone back? Say you know you have you have this this familial situation sort of thing, but you you play for the fucking Oilers, whatever. Would you have gone back? Because I haven't thought about it. Yeah, you know what? God, trust. I haven't thought about it either. Well, it's weird, right? Because I've still been going to because obviously I work in healthcare. Mm. I've been going to work exactly the same anyway. So I guess yeah, I would because I I that's what I've done. You know, I've taken as like as as best precautions as I can. Like so, so I work in a hospital, and all around the hospital now you have to wear masks all the time. It was it was a case of before, if you're going from place to place, it's not you know you don't have to do it as long as you would like two meters, it's okay. But now, walking down any corridors, anything like that, as long as even if there's nobody there, you still have to have your mask on. Mm. And like I said to you last week, I think I would have, if I was a hockey player, I would have wanted to have seen first. Have you got any evidence that a bubble type situation would work? And as I mentioned, they did the the TBT again. I don't know what it means. Basketball tournament, and the bubble worked. And at the end, there were no tests, no nothing, because everyone who came in was clean and everyone abided by the rules. So, being honest about it, yeah, I probably would have done. And and my family doesn't have sort of like you know respiratory issues or anything like that that would affect them. I mean, guys like, I can't remember, I think it was, was it Travis Hamannick who said, you know, my daughter's got a respiratory thing. I, I can't, you know, I can't risk it. So that makes sense. But if my family was safe and I was just going to the bubble for two months or whatever, then yeah, I, prob- I probably would. Yeah, that's fair enough. And like, it's it's hard to say, isn't it? Because you'd like, like any of these questions, you'd arguably have a completely different mindset to it being a millionaire athlete compared to... Yeah, work, working in a hospital and all due respect, not being a millionaire. So yeah. it's 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 hard to really put you in those shoes because they are completely different shoes to the ones that we actually wear. How about you? I th- I think I'm probably probably with you. Yeah, really. Like, I think it, I think it depends on on how my wife feels about it, sort of thing. Because there is that element of not abandonment but you, you you would really have to get consent from from your spouse especially if there's a if there's a child in the mix because it's saying like right i'm gonna bugger off for two three four months you know this isn't your average road trip like i will not be here so i think it's it's partly about what they're comfortable with and like if there's an element of of 
fear on their side sort of thing you know not to as much as we traditionally say like oh don't let your let your spouse dictate your life or anything like that but it's that's part of the sort of agreement of marriage isn't it you know you're living a life together isn't it so i think oh like i've said before about those women can't wait for those men to fuck off oh my god they're sick of the sight of them they've been fucking under their feet for like for four months i bet those wives and girlfriends are just saying yes please go to the bubble leave me alone i need my own space again <laughs> and and that's another part of it where you where you're comparing apples to oranges because our relationships with with our spouses are probably completely different to how they would be if we were professional hockey players yeah, so exactly. like that's why I I've, I made the joke before about when players retire and then come back for a season. They probably come back for a season because their wives and girlfriends are sick to death of them so fucking moping you, around the house. Like, if you're going to go back and off. play hockey, just fuck off and play hockey. Don't just sit around the house all day whinging and moaning because you're not playing hockey. Just leave what? me alone. <laughs> just watching it at Joe TV saying, oh, I've done better than that. Oh, look at these fucking kids. <laughs> just watching watch your own highlights on a, on a loop on YouTube. <laughs> Hey, baby, 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 come watch this. Watch this. Oh, watch where I do this shot. Yes, thank you. I've seen it four times today. God. I I like that idea, though, just like sitting around, smoking a cigar, drinking a whiskey, just saying, ah, goddamn, I was the fucking nuts, wasn't I? (laughs) (laughs) Don't you do that? Don't you do that listening back to this show? Oh, Grace, listen to this joke. I absolutely crushed this joke. Get ready, get ready. Oh, that was amazing, wasn't it? <laughs> See, I, I would if I was on the path to being a Hall of Fame broadcaster, but unfortunately... I mean, we're not. Well, I mean, not, not, it's not set in stone yet, do you know what I mean? It's not like... True. It's not like, like Joe Thornton now can be like, all right, I'm, I'm getting into the whole, like, I, I fucking do what I want. Like, we're still really, you know, not not quite rookies, but we're still pretty pretty early on in, in the grand scheme of things. It's true, yeah, we're in the last... <laughs> We're in the last year of our ELCs, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got just got home. We're going to get re-upped, and we don't have to go and I don't know what's the what's the podcast equivalent of KHL. God, local radio, gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell, we're off to go to work for fucking Heart Radio or whatever the hell it's called. That'd be alright though. You get paid to be be on radio. Exactly. So you get paid to play in the KHL. Now, That's... does Heart Radio have as many races as the KHL? Who's to say? <laughs> I can't, I can't say I've listened to enough heart radio, like with, with intent to comment on on any of the sort of beliefs of, of their pre- presenters. Mate, I haven't listened. To, honestly, I haven't listened to radio in an absolute dog's age. Not intentionally. Not for uh, maybe maybe ten years, eleven years. So, for all you know, they are all just racists, like openly racist. <laughs> I, welcome to BBC yeah, Radio openly. One. I'm just going to drop the N-word. I'm Greg James. That's why the Union Jack flies outside Heart Radio's headquarters, because it's just... They just love love massive racism on Heart Radio. That's a joke, obviously, for Heart Radio's people get in touch. You're listening to Heart Radio. The time is 8.02am, and I'd like to remind you that Britain is for the British. (laughs) Coming up after this break, news, travel, and then a speech from Oswald Mosley. Okay, here we go. I'd like to introduce our new program coordinator, Steve Bannon. <laughs> oh, it's not even it's funny. Really. It's just sad. Something I was going to talk to you about last week that uh, we never got around to. Tortorella, in a, one of his press conferences, was asked about the, the CBA and about the Olympics. And he said that he believes the Olympics should be amateur players. Mm. And I wondered what your take was on that. Would... 
the the issue with that is like yeah the idea is the olympics for for most of the other traditional olympic sports is still all amateurs but they're not fucking amateurs are they like they're, they're we're not talking amateurs like you know your plumber dave who, who enjoys a good cycle ride on the weekend and he, he knocks over to the preliminary qualifiers and, and gets in to represent great britain sort of thing like Brad, bradley wiggins wasn't fucking working down his local chippy before he won his 45 gold medals was he that's very true. So it's 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 a bit of a farce, really, to call them amateurs. Um, I don't think some sports are though, aren't they? Like some sports, you do hear, like I've had to get sponsored by my local chippy, or I had to ring this building company if they'd give me fifty quid for a new pair of trainers or something like that. Yeah, yeah, the, like the more popular sports, yeah, they're not amateurs in any way. Yeah, are the, they? those are all the fucking waste man sports, really, aren't they? Like they're they're fucking. <laughs> Case in point, we, we can't name any of them. It's all it's all a myth. Like, how dare you! How dare you insult the fifteen meter pistol shooting contest? <laughs> I always forget that they're fucking gun sports at the fucking Olympics. Like, I know it's mad, isn't it? It's crazy. I, I want to know when they're going to get esports in the Olympics. I mean, they should. I think they should. It's getting to the point where you can't ignore it anymore. Like, I mean, but then they're professional now as well, aren't they? I mean, what what did there's a guy the guy who won the last Call of Duty tournament got something like three million dollars. Like, like what? Don't worry about <laughs> that. Kidding? Jesus, is that fourteen year old who won a million million quid for winning a Fortnite tournament? Isn't there? So is he? But but then if you win any prize money, does that mean you're not an amateur? I would say so. But then say unless it's, unless it's a different understanding of the wording that I know. To me, a professional is someone who gets paid to do that thing yeah but if you if you win prize money in a tournament that doesn't necessarily mean you're being paid oh, for it it's, it's not like a salary sort of thing is it that's just it's like you know you could go to your local fucking pubs darts tournament and win 50 quid oh well you're not an amateur anymore you're a... <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm, I'm a professional darts player <laughs> i'm a pro darts player i won the dog and duck invitational <laughs> 2019 I got, I got 50 quid and four pints behind the bar. I put the 50 quid on me tab, so I'm set for the couple of weekends. <laughs> Fucking absolute hard. I, 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 sp- I splashed it all that night celebrating. Shame. But yeah, I, I think you've got, it's got to be down to like sponsorships and stuff more than... And that's the thing, like, how amateur are you talking about in regards to hockey? Because if you're if you're playing at a college level or if you if you're playing at a junior level... I get it. You're not getting a salary, but that's kind of all you've lived and breathed since you were probably five um, years old. Yeah, that's the thing. If you're saying that hockey should be amateur, then it is beer league players. <laughs> but then, but then that's where the problem is. You, you, you would that same scrutiny isn't extended to the other sports in there. Again, like yeah, true. Like you're cycling. Like Anthony Joshua was an Olympian, wasn't he? But he wasn't a fucking. He wasn't just you know. Tony down the gym. It's like, oh, you're you're double art, Tony. How about you give this Olympics thing a go? It's... <laughs> you're double art, Tony. <laughs> it's like he's he's the hardest kid in school. It's like, go on, let's let's yeah. let's see what he's about. But yeah, I, I think that's how it would look. It'd be junior and college players, wouldn't it? But basically, players who aren't in a professional league, because you're still deemed amateur if you play at college or playing junior, even if you're getting perks and in a lot of cases in junior un- under the table sort of brown envelope type thing 
Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I like the idea. I like the idea of the hardest kid in school being chosen for the boxing, <laughs> representing Great Britain in the boxing. Fourteen-year-old Jimmy McGuinness. He uh, got into a fight after school last week and knocked out one of the uh, one of the Quilt brothers. So uh, here he goes. <laughs> his record in school fights is four and one, but to his record, to his uh, to to be fair, that one one loss was against the year eleven while he was in year nine. So uh... no, he sees. He's four one and one because the other one is on a teacher had to break it up before it finished. <laughs> no, no contest. <laughs> he couldn't go to that fight because he, he was in detention. <laughs> he he did bang that teacher out, but it wasn't an official fight on record, so it does not count. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Like, I kind of, I think it'd be interesting to adopt the whole footy thing. Like, was it under twenty three, and you get some, you get some, uh, some ringers allowed in? What, like three, isn't it? Yeah, I like that idea. I think yeah, Olympics. It's under twenty three, but you can have three players who are over twenty three. I think that'd be, that'd be a really good idea. The, I'd love to see that. The problem I get with with that is I always get really sad when I remember Ryan Giggs running around for Team Great Britain. It's like oh, that's it's just a bit embarrassing, isn't it? I mean, was it? I don't know. Just just a fucking. Well, he was forty at the time, wasn't he? Yeah, he was still fucking awesome then. Oh, he was still good, but it's just like, mate, come on. You, you're too grey in the, you're too long in the tooth for this. The Olympics doesn't. The Olympics, the Olympic football experience isn't the same, is it? They don't, they don't care because they've got obviously the league, the Champions League, the FA Cup. They care about that, the World Cup and the European Championships. They care about that way more than the Olympics, way more. Yeah, like have you after ever, the Stanley Cup, hockey you, players really do care about the Olympics. Yeah, more than like the WHF because that's their equivalent of the World Cup, isn't it? So have, have, yeah. you, have you ever watched an Olympic football game? I have indeed. All right, fair enough. Do you regularly watch the Olympic footy? Well, probably. I mean, not that regularly. I only, I only catch it once every four years or so, to be honest. I knew, I knew it. I knew that was coming. <laughs> right. Do you fucking do? You just set me up. You set me up then to say that. Do you, do you, okay. Oh, but by comparison, do you watch as much of the Olympic footy as you do the World Cup? No, definitely not. There you go. As much of the Olympic footy as you do the Euros. No, definitely not. Do you watch as much Olympic footy as you do uh, pre-season tournaments in America? <laughs> yes, I watch way more Olympic footy than that's, pre-season that's tournaments in America. That's, that's fair enough. <laughs> but, but do you know what I mean? Like most most football fans probably aren't watching the Olympic footy, are they? Yeah, true. I don't, I don't think so. I thought it was an interesting point. And then, how would you define like like you know how would you define an amateur in hockey? I mean, like you said, yeah. I mean how. How amateur are we talking? Because to me, if you're playing at college or, you know, to me that's not amateur because you're still, that's your you're, life. You're dedicated to hockey. Yeah, absolutely. You might not be getting yeah, paid, you know what I mean? but that's not... I just thought it was like a kind of a bit of a weird grey area. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? I don't know, maybe maybe just because, you know, obviously in, in North America and, and the bigger European nations for hockey, it's a different situation, but like... I'll, I'll watch Olympic hockey if it's on, but you know, partly because of the timing and stuff. But I'll find myself watching more of the other events than I do hockey normally. Like international hockey just doesn't really interest me that much. That's interesting. Okay, I'm kind of surprised. But can you tell I'm, I'm surprised by that? Really, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what it I is. Think you'd be all over it. I really enjoy. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. I think it maybe it stems from the fact that we don't have you know 
Team GB aren't in that upper echelon. You know, Team GB aren't, aren't necessarily going to be in the Olympics and stuff like that. So there isn't a... And I definitely don't have the same True. sort of affinity for and, and uh, emotional link to Team GB hockey as I would like the England football team sort of thing. So I wonder if it's yeah. like not having a horse in that race makes the race itself not particularly interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. I get that. I get that. I don't know. And, and I, I think part of it kind of stems from like a... The games are good. No, no doubt. So G final was was very good and stuff like that. But I don't know if there's an element of constant disappointment because you've got all these incredible players out there and it's still just another hockey game sort of thing. Uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and playing over loudspeakers in JD Sports. And if you can leave a five star review on iTunes or a review where you listen, that would be lovely. And as always, we're brought to you and sponsored by Wave Intel. Uh, as we are getting ever closer to the season returning, let Wave Intel show you the way by providing you with more data than you could shake a stick at. And it's going to be even more helpful when play resumes next weekend. Wave Intel online and on Twitter, being smart so you don't have to. Let's go with this. Uh, you sent me a thing today. You sent me a message yesterday, actually, from at Hockey Graphs, where they, uh, they put out a tweet with an accompanying article and a, a ton of information asking about bias at drafts uh, against black players. And before we move on, obviously the answer is yes, as we all know immediately. But thankfully, the article went uh, super, super in-depth and Will very graciously offered to, to break it down for us all. So uh, the floor is yours, Will. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll preface this by saying there is so much in this article that I will not do a good job of sort of explaining the point of it and stuff like that. And you should absolutely... Absolutely check it out. So it's hockey-graphs.com uh, with a, a roster and an alumni of, of writers and statisticians that you all know and all love. You've got, you know, Alison Lucan used to write for him. Mikey used to write for him. Uh, you've got like Sean Tierney, Mike Pfeffer, Matt Kane, I think, Manny Perry, Don LeCision, Megan Clark. Like there's loads Namita, like there's there's loads of people loads of people like if you look through their blooming bylines it's like oh, okay yeah i've heard of literally every single person on on here so it's yeah definitely worth checking out but this article titled racial bias and drafting and development the nhl's black quarterback problem was written by a guy who i believe his real name is chris goes by yolo pinato on twitter if you don't follow him he's fantastic Basically, the point of the article is looking at why there aren't any black centres in the NHL. Can you name any black centres, Dan? I'm struggling. Yep. And, and and the way I was thinking about it is like, I can't name a top six centre who is black. Okay, I think of oh, yeah. I think of Pierre Pierre Edouard Belmar, black centre I can think of off the top of my head, which is just ridiculous. And it basically breaks down the article itself is looking into the it's, it's comparing it to the issue in the NFL of not having black quarterbacks how 70% of the NFL's player base is black and yet only 25% of their quarterbacks are black and it's the inherent racism behind that that drives coaches and and teams to make those decisions to to fill those positions with you know on paper inferior players based upon their race not that the race is strictly governing those decisions you know the gms aren't saying oh let's not get cam newton let's not get colin kaepernick because x white player is white i don't care if he's worse he's white i want him sort of thing but it's the it's the situations that lead you up to that and it's saying that it's comparing it to that situation and 
framing it in the light of the NHL and the lack of black centers. Yolo Pinato basically breaks it down in into you know, he he explains the sort of we all understand that there is a dearth of of black players in in the NHL, but he really goes into it further and and examines the sort of population levels and really singles out just how much of a disparity there is. It's not just oh there are less black people in Canada, so there are less black hockey players. I know it is comparative to the population, a sincere gap between how many players are in the NHL and how many of them are actually black and how many should be black, and then taking it one further yeah. one level further and, and looking at the position. And to pick out a big headline point, it comes down to the perception of black hockey players when it comes down to the assessment of their hockey IQ. Centre is seen as a position that requires a high hockey IQ. You know, you've got to be able to read the ice, you've got to have vision to find your teammates, you've got to be able to play at both ends of the ice, X, Y, and Z. And even without looking at sort of individual scouting reports of players drafted over the years and stuff, we only have to go back to a couple of seasons ago when Anthony DeClaire was at the Columbus Blue Jackets. Anthony DeClaire had a breakout season, arguably with the Ottawa Senators this year, when his coach, John Tortorella, said, I don't have the quote in front of me, but it was basically, the kid doesn't get it, I try and I try and I try, but the kid does not understand hockey. Have you ever heard a player say that about a white player? A coach, rather? <laughs> you, you haven't, have you? No. And And that's a real in-your-face example of the preconceived notions and the preconceptions about black players versus white players. And that comes down to a lot of sports. It's you think of a, of a, of a black athlete and you think, yeah, more athletic, bigger, stronger, faster, can jump higher, whatever it might be. You're never chucking the word cerebral in there. You're not, it's, it's not a traditional way of describing a black athlete in almost any sport, really. Whereas you get cerebral said for a lot of a lot of white players and a lot of white hockey centers specifically. So yeah, I, I I urge you to to check out the article because it's it's really interesting and Chris does a really good job of breaking it down. In uh, yeah, and I don't want to go any further because I will miss bits and I will not do justice to just how much information is in this goddamn war and peace of an analysis of the lack of black centers and the way we uh the way that black players are developed in the NHL but the one last bit I will touch on is something that we actually spoke about a few weeks ago and we were talking about Quentin Byfield Dan yeah and we were saying about how he's going to be the fucking nuts kid's fucking enormous he's producing a, an elite level for his age in, in the OHL kid's going to be a fucking legend and yet now he suddenly appears to be slipping down the draft rankings for who knows what reason. But Chris pulls out, I'm just trying to find the quote here. He pulls out a question and answer from a Corey Cronman Q&A for The Athletic. And the question goes as follows. I'll, I'll read this verbatim. I've seen way more nitpicking of Byfield than any other high-end prospect in quite some time. I quite honestly don't understand it. The only thing I can guess is that he's been discussed as an elite prospect since his York Simcoe days. That's why he's like 14. So people have nothing better to do. His toolkit has no red flags and the production at his age is historically elite. Got any other ideas why he has been picked apart so much? And then Promlin's response is absolutely fantastic. Like, you know, Corey Promlin does great work for prospects over the athletic. Go and check him out if you haven't heard of him. If you haven't heard of him, 
I find it strange that you're listening to us. Um, he says, <laughs> there's the ones you mentioned, his bad world juniors and his mediocre, mediocre Klink Gretzky under 18 tournament. And then the real meat and potatoes is, I hear folks question his hockey sense. I get he is not elite, but I think it's really good. And honestly, in the game of hockey, with the demographics of the sport and its fans and employees, whenever you see a player of colour questioned on his intelligence or work ethic, a red flag goes up for me. And I think Proman hits it perfectly there. It's the racial preconceptions that we have in society about black people and work ethic and reliability and intelligence that's bleeding into the game. But there is so much more than that in that article. And please, it's, it's hockey-graphs. It's the most recent article by Yolo Pinato. Check it out and read it and, and educate yourselves. Not that we're going to be able to do anything about it, but it's good to know. I did read through it and there's a... I think it could be summed up about black sportsmen and women in this one sentence that I read, which was from an NFL quarterback, a former black NFL quarterback, who I won't mention because he was a, a dog-murdering cunt. Uh, you can all assume, you, I assume you all know who I mean. <laughs> but he said that black quarterbacks are not called good quarterbacks, they're called good athletes. And it's that. Yes. Quentin Byfield's not going to be called a good hockey player. He's going to be called a really good athlete. And it should be the other way around. Because that describing somebody as a really good athlete means that, like you say, they're strong, they're, they're fast, they're tall. But it's saying, well, they actually can't play the sport. They're just getting by more on, you know, biology than anything else. Just being bigger, is, just being stronger, yeah. Yeah, bigger, stronger, faster, can jump higher, you know, all that stuff. Which then does show a bias when it comes to drafting players. And and that sort of assessment of, of a prospect especially doesn't doesn't isn't exclusive to black players. There are plenty of, of white prospects who are questioned about, you know, Oh, is it going to be able to translate to the next level? Is he just bullying people because of his size? You know, players like like Jamie Alexiak, like you know the the big six seven freak on skates kind of players. Curtis Douglas, another another Dallas Stars draft pick who's six nine, but you don't get that combined with the questioning of their hockey sense, their maturity, their work ethic, their are they good in the room? Are they going to be a problem in the room? Sort of thing, which is, as we've said, with with any discussion on on race within the sport of hockey recently, it's not surprising, but it's still depressing to actually read the finer details of it. Yeah, and I think just to, I know Will said it, but I really do want to hammer this point home. You must see this article. I don't think the reporting to Chernobyl was this big. It's insane. <laughs> how much work has gone into this piece of reporting. Geese I mean, honestly, it's absolutely massive. And there's like data charts, there's graphs, there's all kinds of things in there just to show that every single angle has been covered. It is a fantastic, a fantastic piece of work. And and the work that Chris does outside of this is, is fantastic as well. He's a thoroughly interesting guy. I know he guested on Josh Fina Shah's podcast, Stick to Sports, recently. Had a really interesting conversation with her there. I think that was in 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 the wake of the Akima Lou stuff coming out. He's done writing for other other outlets elsewhere as well. I know he does a lot of the. I never remember the names off the top of my head, but you know the hockey conferences that they have, like the stats conferences. He does a lot of that. Like he, at the very least, 
follow him on fucking Twitter because he's a very interesting guy and he's very funny t- to boot. So, big up Chris. Cheers for doing some cool shit. As we know, the NHL has said that players uh, do not have to wear suits during this uh, coronavirus round of, uh, of the Stanley Cup. So, God bless the Minnesota Wild for leaning into being the most dull team in all of sports. But they have explained their dress code will be that they've come up with three different team-issued wild-logoed collared shirts that they can wear uh, with pants. I mean... Wait, English pants. <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah, English pants. Just as boxers. Trousers, shall we say. So, a kind of trouser pant, shall we say. It's so not an underpant. When you're, <laughs> when you're saying collared shirt, is that a polo shirt? I'm assuming it means a polo shirt, yes. It's not It's not like a, like a fucking button-down, a white button-down with an embroidered wild logo on it. Dude, if it's a fucking button-down, oh my... It sh- to be fair, it should be a button-down. It should be a button-down. Because then the way the Minnesota Wild are enjoying not wearing suits is by essentially just taking off the jacket. T- yeah, turning your tie into a fucking logo. Like... <laughs> I want it to be buttoned down. You can take your jack off, you can take your tie off. But that's it. With like that, and, and you get the, you know, like the baseball script, the old school baseball script. Have that embroidered <laughs> like on yeah. the back of like fucking Garth Brooks, like a rhinestone cowboy. I was going to say, they're going to rock up to the fucking rinks looking like they're attending some team charity golf day. <laughs> that's true, actually. Let's see if any of them can bust out of their polo shirts the way Bergevin does. <laughs> I'm surprised. If it was the Canadians, I'd understand. Yeah, if it was Canadians, I'd get it. They all have to wear a red shirt, and that, like a red polo shirt, that's it, which is Bergevin's off-day look. <laughs> but, that, but no. I'd, I'd sooner just so, wear a fucking suit. It's what? I'd, I'd sooner wear a suit. If Bill Guerin was like, here you go, have a, have a fucking forest green with red button polo shirt and you can wear whatever trousers you want. No, mate, I'll chuck on a fucking suit. So I was going to say then, what would you... Forget, you don't play for... You don't, you're not playing for the wild in this scenario. You play for anybody and NHL have said you don't have to wear a suit. What would you wear? Would you just go as casually as possible or are you going to try and get some like crazy fit in? Oh, but I, I don't know. Like Again, this, this comes back to what we were saying earlier about how I don't know how my fashion would be if I had unlimited money. We're, we're still people who fashion is at least partly dictated by our our income and our available finances sort of thing. But like, yeah, I, th- I think I think I'd change it up. Maybe one day just rock up in you know, a cheeky little trackie or whatever, <laughs> Kieran Tierney style with a fucking trackie in a Tesco carrier bag. Um, <laughs> try Tesco carrier bag. I'd, I th- I've, I've always thought about this. Because because I am actually still just eight years old and a fucking loser. But if I had made the yeah. NHL, I'd want to be as offensively British as I possibly could at all at okay, all possibilities. So you're gonna go string vest and knotted hanky on the head then. <laughs> I would I would get a big British bulldog tattoo on my belly and just have it out all the time. <laughs> have to wear a crop top to the game. I don't, you just wear like an Arsenal shirt or whatever. Like I'm, I'm trying to think of what English fashion is, but like, yeah, where I'd say. Well, American. I think American people assume that English fashion is three-piece suits and a bowler hat, isn't it? With the, uh, with the umbrella, you could, and a briefcase. You could turn up dressed like a chimney sweep. That'd be good. Oh no, you turn up. 
you turn up dressed like the like Prince Charles will be in his coronation, like full full regalia, crown and everything. With the fucking crown. Hang on, here we go. We've got we've an got, idea. Uh, here we you go. go. You can go one day as Freddie Mercury <laughs> from from the Live Aid concert. The fucking yes. iconic. Yes, I'm liking this. You can't turn up as Liam Gallagher one day. Yeah. <laughs> turn up yeah, dressed as Liam Gallagher one day. If you like doing that swagger with your your hands behind your back, pushing your pushing your chin out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> for for all your fucking scrum interviews, do that thing the way he sings. Just like has to be on the back leaning forward. He's on getting interviewed at half uh, um, at the end of the first period on in um, hockey night in Canada. Well, you you pull out your sunglasses, take your helmet off, push your hair forward. So, Daniel, uh, good first period there, up to nil after the first. Yeah, man, nice one, top, nice one, fantastic, nice one. <laughs> you, uh, you you managed to to score the game's only goal in the first period. Yeah, well, it was a great great assist from our kid, wasn't it? Great move from our kid. Pucks in deep, in it. Nice one. <laughs> now, oh, of, now oh, fuck off. Of course, you have to go one day dressed as a. Uh, you have to you have to bring a greyhound with you. Typical northern man, greyhound, flat cap, all weather jacket. But I'm I'm not a, I'm not a northern man, am I? Eating a meat pie. Eating, oh, I would eat, eating a meat pie. <laughs> so now you're you're. I was going to say in ring attire. Your your garb to the rink is going to involve fucking props. <laughs> Of course it, dude. If Dinichella is saying you'd have to wear a suit, mate, I'm going fucking ham. I'm going all out, all out. I'm getting as many British looks in as I can. You could be. Well, you'd have to rock a Lonsdale trackie for one day at least. You'd have to go. You'd have to go one day as a, as Johnny Lydon from the Sex Pistols. Oh, yeah, I was thinking old old uh, old Johnny Rotten. Um, Johnny Rotten, go full punk. Who? <laughs> you could have gone as could have gone as old uh, old Jimmy Savile, but you can't do that anymore, can you? I fucking yeah. knew. I knew you were going to say, yeah, but you can't, you can't, can't take that. Can't, can't, can't do that anymore. <laughs> PC gone mad, that. God. <laughs> um, who who yeah, else is point. is iconic? Oh, you'd have to, you'd have to, if you, if you were, if you were like proper, yeah, if you had proper money, not just like some fucking mug on a six fifty bottom of the barrel contract, you'd have to get one of the Liverpool suits from from the eighties or the nineties or whatever it was. Oh yeah, the cream the ones. Fucking cream the fucking cream suits. That'd be that proper. That's, that's like that'd be like a. Uh, that's a deep cut. That'd be a footy Easter egg in hockey. That footy, footy fans would be saying, "Oh, I get that. I get that reference. That's good." But only like four people would get it. Yeah, like one of our jokes. No, nobody else would be like, "Why is he just wearing a really shit cream suit?" Yeah, <laughs> you'd have to. You'd, you'd have to wear a suit. You know, it's fine. You can wear whatever you want. Yeah, no, it's a joke. So, I don't get I don't, it. <laughs> I do not get it. You turn up playing uh, playing the world in motion. <laughs> <laughs> like, like your fucking entrance music. You'd have to get you'd have to get three of the players. You can go dressed as the Beatles. That'd work. <laughs> I could I could work. Or you could you, you could just do the do, Beatles three or four times, couldn't you? Uh, just do stages. Do one of each different beat. Or you've got fucking sixteen days worth of shit there, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. God, yeah. Fucking yeah. fucking easy peasy. I, I, I worry you'd probably have to like make a schedule though for the ones that are going to involve facial hair. So you can get to makeup first, the makeup truck. <laughs> Turn it up six hours early at the ring to get your fucking makeup on. <laughs> All the prosthetics and shit. <laughs> oh, God. 
I've actually lost money this playoffs because I've hired a fucking <laughs> I've hired a movie team that did all the makeup for Mad Max to come and work on me before the game. I hope we get knocked out tonight because I just can't afford to do another round. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've hired I've hired two thousand extras. We're going as the cast of Lord of the Rings tomorrow. I'm screwed if we get through. <laughs> I've had to borrow money off of Jack Thompson's mum and dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh fantastic oh. so yeah there you go that's why I'd wear on game day yeah. <laughs> any of those any of those all of those all of those things <clears throat> right uh, two more things we'll save the best thing till last this was a uh, an interesting article I don't know if you saw this but Jonathan Taves had some uh, choice comments about coronavirus and I'm gonna I'm gonna read them verbatim. Especially this first one is uh is is quite fantastic. I don't know if you've seen these or not, Will, but he's quoted a saying about coronavirus. Does anybody really know how and when you catch this thing? I think the best thing you can do is get good rest, eat healthy, take care of your body, and just do the little things. What else can you do? Sitting around worrying about it is just gonna drive you crazy. I think the NHL's gone to great lengths to create a safe environment. It's far from perfect. Everyone has their own beliefs. Seeing where they stand with all this, it's up to you really to do the right thing, to be respectful of others, but also take care of yourself. I mean, Will, let's be honest, he is right. How do we catch this thing? I mean, how can you be safe? Who knows? It's all a mystery. That's why I think you should just lock yourself in a small dark room and uh, and never leave. It's the only way you yeah. can really be safe, isn't it? I think so. I think so. See, they, they sound like weird comments for a man who voted against Return to Play. Because that, that, and it's weird because he's normally like he's normally like he is Captain Quiet and Captain Serious and doesn't you know doesn't really talk unless he has to. And it's it's very weird. Maybe he's got it. Maybe that's why. Maybe, maybe he's like he was on his deathbed or something. We need an interview, John. And he's just rambling some stuff. <laughs> that's why he's saying he knows he's got it. He's like, oh, who knows how you catch it? Who's to say? <laughs> you just got to look after yourself, there, haven't you, boy? As long as you're being careful, it's not my fault if you get it. You've got to, you've got to take responsibility for whether you get it. Yes, it's, it's. I think the best thing you can do is get good rest, eat healthy, take care of your body. But he's he's a fucking no. You see, he's a hippie, isn't he? Yeah, anyway, what, like what you're describing there, Jonathan, is just like a healthy lifestyle, not how to how to beat a globally pandemic disease. I mean, at least he didn't say what you're going to do is is get pucks in deep, short shifts. <laughs> At least he didn't say the best thing to do is kiss and lick as many people as possible. He's not. He's not. Uh, Could be worse, I suppose. Not the Rudy Gobert tactic. No, he hasn't gone. Yeah, he hasn't gone full Gobert, has he? That's something. No, that's that's lucky. That is lucky. But but you're right. His his answer is a pure like fucking hippie, fucking amber necklace, fucking oh, what's that? What's that shit called? Where it's like a homeopathy. Like is oh it's yeah, fucking yeah. homeopathy answer, isn't it? It's like yeah, just dilute. One sixteenth of of a milligram of lavender into this water, shake it up, and then rub it on your nipples, and you'll be fucking well away, bruv. <laughs> it was like that guy with the oh, McDavid, wasn't it? You just need more. What was it? Was it apple cider vinegar? Or oh, something you... Like that? Because you keep catching <laughs> the flu. I'd completely fucking forgotten about that. <laughs> That's the thing. If they'd have asked Connor, it'd have been, mate. Don't worry about it. I've been drinking gallon upon gallon. <laughs> of apple cider vinegar preparing for this bubble. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out, mate. I'm going to go out. I'm just going to start. I don't care. I've got my apple cider vinegar. I'm so healthy. I'm actually curing people as I walk past them. 
that's, they're actually ca- people are actually catching health off me. That's how it works. He's he's really taken to that book Jesus nickname, isn't he? Jonathan, Jonathan, you were unfortunately have caught the bubonic plague. What, what are you going to do? Hey man, it's cool. Just going to eat some avocados and uh, catch some rays, you know. Everything will sort itself out. It'll be fine. Me, me and Johnny, me and Taser are going to have a have a Barocca and get to bed. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last thing. Wait, Thankfully, is, is, is this the big thing? Is this this is the big one? Because we wanted to squeeze that other thing in first, didn't we? Oh yes. And I, re- I really yes, want to talk about this. Reminded me. Oh. Please go on. You, you please carry on. Okay. So so for for anyone who isn't aware, maybe our, our neighbours across the pond, there's this game that we play here called football. Right. There's a club called Birmingham City. They are they're in the Championship, aren't they? Yes, they're in the league below the Premier League. They're in the, the AHL for 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 an equivalent. Essentially, yeah. yes. Effectively, effectively, and and for for those who who don't know, we don't traditionally retire jersey numbers or, or squad numbers as we call them in in football. No, what happens is normally the honour is is that your if that's a really popular number or a very important number. It then gets handed to the next very important player. Yeah, people That's, want away. Like the Man United number. number, the Man United number seven, has always been a fantastic player, and it's an honour to get that shirt. The point being, you only get your number retired if you fucking die. If you if you die while you're playing football, you get your number retired, and that's it. That's yeah, it. You have to literally, die, literally, literally die on the pitch fucking to get your number retired. Pouring out for Mark Vivian Foe, Jesus Christ. So yeah. In in a very controversial moment, which it, which is, is yeah, you know, I believe maybe reversed at some point, and in in a bit of a ah, April Fools in the middle of July, Birmingham City have retired the number twenty two shirt of Jude Bellingham, who has just been you know traded transferred to to Bristol Dortmund. So not only is that controversial because you know, you, you don't that's not a to do thing. You don't retire a player's number. That's not no matter how good he was. Um, Jude Bellingham is 17 years old. Jude, <laughs> Jude Bellingham has played 40 games of professional football in his fucking career and scored four goals. And they're, they're retiring his fucking... fucking. This is like the the guy who gets called up from the AHL for half a season, does all right, and then like, well, I'll retire his number. See, see you later. Do you know what? I can I can make it I can give you a better example. Oh god. God who the player gets called up from the AHL. He's very good. He does really, really well Was he... in one season in the NHL. Then he gets traded to another NHL team for an absolute bounty. Then he gets his number retired. Because we do we are kind of remiss in saying that Jude Bellingham, who is seventeen years old, is now the most expensive seventeen year old in history. How much do they sell him for? As he's been uh, he's gone to Dortmund for twenty seven million. See, my my brain's been skewed now. Like that doesn't feel like a lot, but yeah, the kid's seventeen, like it is though for a guy who's played one full season in the championship, which is essentially the AHL. He's, he's gotta be the most expensive championship player ever then, hasn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate. So it would be the same as, so, you know, I can't think of anyone, but AHL player has one good season in the NHL and then gets traded for like three first round picks, three awesome prospects and two really good NHL players. And then he gets his number retired by that team. That's how insanely weird it is. So William Nylander, after his first half a season in Toronto, 
even before Matthews got yeah. drafted or whatever, then gets traded to fucking whoever and gets his number aside. But was was this very peculiar? Was this Bellingham that good? Like I'd never heard of him until today. Oh yeah, every single team was after him. Literally every team. But he's, he's English and he's seventeen. I mean, every team, like of, you know, every team of note who could sign him has been trying to sign him and has been trying to sign him since he even, you know, like kind of like like Raheem Sterling. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I don't know if you know this or not, but Liverpool stole him from QPR. Yeah, I I, I know he was at QPR. What do you mean stole though? Was it like a, a release well, the idea was, was that he was going to stay at QPR, learn his trade, blah, 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 blah. And Liverpool kind of came in and said, well, he hadn't actually, hadn't actually signed a proper contract yet. He was still on kind of like a youth type deal. Oh, shit. So they kind of snuck in and offered him a pro contract and basically kind of stole him. Fair play, though. If QPR and fucking... Oh, yeah. I mean, if you can do it, you know, if you can do it, fair enough. But Still a bit underhand. So, yeah, so him going to going to Dortmund is a... Yeah, it's it's a big deal. Because he could have gone to United, he could have gone to Liverpool, he could have gone to Bayern Munich, Barcelona are after him. I mean, everyone was after him. To, to be fair, though, just to, just to turn us into two Brits, one white ball for a second. Like, if I was a young player in his position, I think Dortmund is a very attractive place to go. Absolutely. For a young player. I would absolutely go to Dortmund. You think? Like, without, a, without a shadow of a doubt. Jaden Sancho, Christian Pulsic, uh, Osman Dembele. Who else have they? Erling Haaland. Erling Haaland. Yeah, well, I don't know, he's only just got there, but I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a good player to have it, but like they have developed players to then go on and be, you know, even better elsewhere as well. You know, not just that Dortmund yeah. are a fantastic club; they seem to be particularly good with young players. But do, do you reckon? So for me, this feels like tomorrow we're going to get a, ah, that would be silly, wouldn't it? We're obviously not doing that. Like they're going to reverse the so-called decision do you, do you reckon they're actually going to go through with it here's a weird thing though right and i'm going to bring it back to i'm going to bring it back to hockey again just quickly if a player guarantees you some kind of success or financial stability to that level for the next say five ten years because like i said for this one player birmingham in the championship are going to get 30 million quid and to relate it to hockey one player you trade after one good season gets you whatever two first round picks, two amazing prospects, two good players. That's a lot. You could kind of see, well, maybe he's like just safeguarded the future of this club. Does that make sense? I I get you, but then you put up a fucking banner for whoever the fucking manager is, the director of football is. Like, Jude Bellingham hasn't done that. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. His his sale has, but. But even then, like I don't think, yeah, thirty million is a lot of money. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of money for a seventeen year old player out of the championship. But that's not, it's not like saved Birmingham from insolvency or whatever. And, and even if it has, like that's, you're retiring the number of the player that is inherently linked to the player's performance as a player. Do you know they're, they're not they're not changing the name of a stand to the Jude Bellingham stand. Which would be, which would be, which would be, Not yeah, that, yeah, that'd be more fitting though, wouldn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, if they're retiring his number, because because what they're saying is that there's another thing about this I want to talk about in a second. But what they're saying is no other player is gonna be good enough to wear the number that Jude Bellingham wore. They're not gonna be worthy of that number, which which isn't true. <laughs> well, but probably is because it it's Birmingham. Be. It might it might be. It might be. But like fucking Marizarati played for 
Birmingham for a bit, and I bet they haven't had a player as good as Marizarati since then to wear fucking number nineteen or whatever it was. But this is this is kind of something that I've always done that kind of thing weird with hockey that. Like, like, yeah, you, you're going to have to retire Marshan Bergeron's Chara's number, for example, maybe Tukarask's number, mm-hmm. and then you're just like losing numbers all the time. <laughs> At what point do you get? Well, there's nothing else we can do now. We're going to have to go to like you're you're going to have to play at 101 or 423. <laughs> and you get that with with franchises like, especially the original sixes. You know, specifically, I always think of yeah. Detroit and, and Montreal. Like, you can't be a number one to ten for any of those franchises I know good luck right. good luck getting the number 7 shirt a fucking original 16 or the number 9 or a number 10 like it's not happening and that's another thing about retiring um, I've fucking forgotten his name already Jude Jude Bellingham Jude Bellingham Jude Bellingham's number they're retiring number 22 that's like a fucking squad player's number in football <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's his number. It doesn't matter what number it is. I know. I know. I know. I know. You can't. We're going to retire the number ten in Jude Bellingham's honor. No, but like, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, the kid wasn't important enough for your club to give him a proper fucking number. Like, he by by old rules, he barely made your second eleven. And you're retiring his number. <laughs> Fucking old. Dude, how old are you? By old rules. Oh my god. Back in back in my day, mate, before these fucking squad numbers. When I was when I was back in one. My day, it was one to eleven and nothing else. Fucking hell, mate. Alright. Last thing. <laughs> That's the most important Thank thing of god. the day. Well, what? The the most important thing of the day after like a twenty minute rant about a fucking championship football player. <laughs> <laughs> it is the most important this is the most important thing of the day. The hockey gods have blessed us with the Seattle Kraken. I think it's fantastic. And I'm so happy. I love the shirt design. I love the colours. I think it's all great. I think it's all great. And I think that's why they are going to be a terrible team for the first few seasons. <laughs> because if you remember the Gold Knights, everyone laughed at it. Everyone said the jerseys were horrible. Everyone said the colours were bad. And then they were really good. And But this is all. This is a big, a big loving already. Yeah, I think it's... I don't know, you you really like the you really like the name. You're proper Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, fair fair enough. I'm I'm not I take it or leave it. It's different. I like it more than the Golden Knights, let's say. That's 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 something to be said. It's obviously gonna lead as well to people chucking squids and octopus on the ice at games. More more teams doing that. That's what we need. Yeah. Everyone should we should have the fucking San Jose squid, the fucking Ottawa octopus. Just change every team name to something to do with octopus, and then yeah, just every game of the season, chuck a bit of what are they called uh, theropods. That's about right, isn't it? Yes, I think theropods. So. Yeah, check, check me out. Yeah, we want theropods on the ice. Nature over here. Nice. Don't worry, mate. Don't worry, I'm just fucking amateur biologist over here. Don't worry about me. But yeah, d- d- theropods on the ice every game. That's what we need. I think I'm I'm really in two minds about the logo and the jersey, because one part of me thinks, yeah, it's clean, it's nice, it's interesting, like it's not trying to fuck about too much, but the other part of me, which I cannot escape, is it's just a stylized fucking S as the logo, and it's another fucking blue jersey in the NHL, of which the 31 team league has 45 teams who are wearing blue. 
Yeah, but you've kind of got to go with that. Once you've, once you've gone with the Kraken, you kind of have to go with that then. You could have had a green Kraken. What, what colour is the fucking Kraken? Well, technically, well, in the old days, I think the Kraken was... Um... <laughs> I don't know. Back, back when we wore 1 to 11, Dan, I think Kraken were brown. Fucking all once later. Fuck it, I've done oh my god as well. Shout out to Erin Dark for uh giving people ideas years ago on Puck Super about how to smuggle um octopus or squid into a game. And I think Greg said to her, What would you smuggle in? And she said, An octopus. And he said, How? And she said, In my bra. <laughs> Fucking I always remember that. I always remember that. I mean, see I, the ideas are there already. I, I remember doing. I, I think you just need to look to fucking Detroit for how to smuggle octopus in, though, because they've been doing it for donkey's years. Yeah, true. That is true. Which well, is a wings fan, isn't she? So that explains it. I can't, why, why does that stick in your brain so much? Like, because it's hilarious. It's hilarious. A woman smuggling an octopus into a hockey game in her bra. Oh, just a visual alone. I just imagine my wife trying to get an octopus in her bra, and I just it just cracks me up. It I, cracks me up. I mean, not to not to shock our viewers or peel back the curtain too much, but I'm I'm not a person blessed with breasts, uh, so do not have to wear a bra. I can't imagine that's something nice to do. I, d- I can't. Yeah, even... but if you got it, if you've got to do it, you'll do it. <laughs> you've got to do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you absolutely must smuggle an octopus into a hockey game, then you're a woman. Gun to your the head. The bra is the best place. Look, Miss Dark. Makes perfect sense. We've we've got we've got this fucking Potter kid hostage. If you don't if you don't chuck this octopus onto the ice at a wings game, we're gonna fucking kill him. <laughs> Which Potter kid? The ginger one? No, no, the the, the important one. The the, oh, oh, the, the one that okay. you're you know doing doing the yeah. Doing the dirty with, yeah, the one, the one that you're like, you know, um, in love with. Oh, okay, okay, I'll do it. Then. Romantically, think about this as well. If you're smart enough and clever enough, you could just wear the octopus as a bra. <laughs> wear it as a bra. What? But then, but, but then you'd have like octopus slime fucking leaking through your shirt, or your jersey, or blouse, or whatever you're wearing. Don't blame me. It's very dark side idea. It's my idea. <laughs> you're you're a extreme. She's not here. She's not the one who's fucking brought this up today. You're you're. <laughs> we're trying to talk about the unveiling of the thirty second historic moment in the National Hockey League, Dan. The thirty second team, and you're like, right. I've been thinking about Erin Dark's bra all day, and now she's going to stuff that octopus in there. Hey, do you know what? As well, someone's going to want to be. Somebody is going to want to be the first person to chuck an octopus on the ice, there, aren't they? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and I hope I hope at that first home game, there's like sixty people with octopuses like stuffed in their body, like stuffed around their body or something somewhere, <laughs> and then the first person chucks theirs on, and all the rest are just like, oh shit, it's, I've got to sit here all night now with this thing. It's fucking <laughs> fucking Matt Murray skates out the first player on the ice for the warm up in the first preseason game, and there's like thirty <laughs> octopus just lobbed at him. It's like someone's just scored a hat trick or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just it's just like like hundreds of octopi raining down on them. Oh, Jesus. I think it's, yeah. It, I do like the... Uh, sorry, go on. I was, I was going to say, like, uh, it is, the jersey is nice. It is a nice jersey. It's, it's a good look. Yeah, I, I think I think so. I think they've got it all right. Have you seen the um, their bio on Twitter already? No, I haven't. I haven't. It is good. It is good. Now that we've got a name, we're strategizing all the ways to draft your favourite player. I like that. That's nice. A little, little cheap, just a little cheap shot, just out of the gate. That's good. Oh, one thing I didn't fucking like though 
Did you see that fucking video that was being bandied about of like a fake group chat with all the NHL teams? Yes. Mate, like, come on. What are we even doing? Yeah, I'll be honest. Yeah, I agree. Wasn't keen on that. Like personified fucking like personified NHL teams popping up in a group chat to welcome the Seattle Kraken, but in a way that uh, sort of hints at their their history or their thing, whatever it might be. It's fucking like who who is that serving? Who's that for? E- even if you find someone who it is for, just don't cater to that person. Like. <laughs> Don't, don't do it. Yeah, I can't imagine many people watching that thinking, oh my God, this is hilarious. But I'll tell you one thing I'm holding out for. Because they've only they've only unveiled the, uh, the home jersey so far, haven't they? Yeah. I really hope that they don't have a white away jersey. What would you have? Like that that light blue, the lightest blue they've got on there, on their, uh, their home jersey, like the top stripe. <laughs> their home and away jersey should be blue and blue. Yeah, but the the you've got dark blue and you've got light blue. Yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. I don't hate the idea. It's not a bad idea. Oh, do you, you say you don't hate it, but you laughed at it? Yeah, so I found it funny. I didn't hate it. I didn't get angry, did I? You, you, you found it funny. You you derid yeah. my idea straight away. All right, Joe Pesci, calm down. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Never mind. All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> Go on then. Oh, I'll, I'll leave you one last little factoid first, which I've I learned. The Kraken. I will go on the Kraken with that jersey. They've got be the yeah. only team in the league without any white on their home jersey. Isn't that fucked up? See, maybe they're listening to you already. Maybe they know. Maybe they know. That that's what gives me hope. There might not be any white on the away jersey as well. They're already like, no, we don't want, don't want any white. See you later. There we are, folks. Thank you for listening. Will, any last words? I'd just go into. Nice one. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.